Welcome to As I Live and Grieve, a podcast that tells the truth about how hard this is. We're glad you joined us today. We know how hard it is to lose someone you love and how well-intentioned friends and family try so hard to comfort us. We created this podcast to provide you with comfort, knowledge, and support. We are grief advocates, not professionals, not licensed therapists. We are you. Hi, everyone, and welcome back today to As I Live and Grieve. Our guest today is Sherry Barch, and I'm so excited to talk to her because she has done something which I think is wonderful, amazing, and a true blessing. She has written a book. Well, all right, you know me, I get going. Let me stop right there and say, welcome, Sherry, and would you let our listeners know a little bit about your background? Oh, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for having me on your show. Uh, I am the author of Heaven's Bell which is a story that is geared toward middle schoolers. Although the response of the, from the book has been uh, both from adults. And I know that um, some of the first times I told the story, it was actually to very young children, but I am a first time author, but um, have been told my superpower is storytelling. So I'm excited to be here today to share more about the story and other ideas. And that, listeners, is The Blessing. She has written a book, really, that targets middle school aged, those tweens and that age group. But as she says, it really goes generational, actually, because it's a comfortable enough read for grandparents, my age, my generation, and opens up all kinds of areas for discussion in an age group that I think really, really needs the help. Sometimes I get asked about books, you know, I've got a friend and, you know, they just lost their spouse and I'd like to gift the kids with some books. So I'll get a question, you know, what, what book would you recommend for what age level? And when they get to that tween, I always get stuck because there really are few, if any, out there. So I'm really, really excited about this. Now, Sherry, what made you write this book, Heaven's Bell? I think it was encouragement from friends and family that I had told the story to verbally. Uh, but ultimately, it was, it was the pandemic. It was COVID. I, I called it my COVID passion project because so many people were dying and we didn't have the traditional ways to mourn them. You know, churches were closed. We couldn't go to funeral homes. We couldn't even go into our loved loved ones and families' living rooms. Right. To even give them a hug or, you know, say that we're sorry. And so, you know, how do we reach out and and care and grieve with the people that we needed to grieve with? And um, I had a few people that had heard the story say, you need to get this book out there. Um, you need to make sure that it gets into the hands of people that can use it. And the back of the book has some blank pages and some um, just some journaling space. And so people were reading the book, writing their memories and notes, and then passing it around the families and then sending it back to grandma or grandpa or the family that lost several people to COVID. Um, and so that just encouraged me to um, keep talking about the book and um, keep being proud of the book, even though as a first time author, I was a little nervous. <laughs> I, I understand that. I understand that. Now, it started really with just a, a concept. 
you mentioned it was a short story because you wrote it down on paper, um, but it was really a concept you had that would open up discussion. And could you share that just very basic concept of Heaven's Bell? Sure. So when I was growing up, what I thought about when I lost a loved one is that when they're in heaven and they arrive at heaven, it's a big party and there's a bell hanging celebration. And everybody is really excited to see this individual when they get to heaven. And it's people that they may have met when they were on earth, but it could also be generations of people that I only heard, the person only heard about, but had never met through memories of others. And so the bell that's, your bell that's hung in heaven has a special ring to it, depending on who's thinking about you. So I always knew when I was missing somebody that was gone, I could think about them and ring their bell in heaven and they would know my ring of their bell and know that I was thinking about them. So it was just a way that I could keep in touch with them, let them know what was going on. And then I knew that someday when I see them in heaven, I wouldn't have to catch up. It would be like seeing them, you know, again, right away. And we could just move forward with our relationship and, and talk again. And um, it just brought me a way to be able to keep their memory alive without feeling sad and um, upset about their, their loss. Right. And, and there's a part of the book too, that when someone dies and they get to heaven, are they part of, I want to make sure that I remember it correctly. Are they part of the celebration to hang their own bell or is their own bell already hung for them? Their own bell is already hung for them from all of the generations of uh, relatives and friends and neighbors and families and anybody else that wants to celebrate in heaven that, that arrived there before them. That That's such a nice concept because for me, I always thought, you know, what happens when somebody gets to heaven? How do you find the person that you miss most They'll come, or, yeah. or the people? But this just kind of brought it all together because they'd be waiting for you. They'd right. be, there's a big party. There's when a you big find party out there. Now, one of the great things about a book, and you can read a book simply for the story, simply for the plot, and you can do, and it's it's a good book, and it probably would offer a lot of kids comfort. However, we all know that tweens, especially, are right at that age where they're starting to absorb the science that they learn in school with a lot of the images or beliefs they already have. Big example, Santa Claus. They start to learn, or the tooth fairy, they start to learn, for example, that that's probably not really possible for this one person to make it all the way around the world on Christmas Eve to deliver all these gifts. They start questioning. They start asking questions. And as soon as they're presented with a concept, you get the, well, what about, what about, what about, am I right, Sherry? Mm, Yes, absolutely. So if nothing else, this book and its plot and concept might start those what if questions. And then what a great opportunity for parents to have that discussion with their kids about chronic illness aging, death, dying, all of those issues that we even as parents hate to talk about. But let's face it, more and more in today's world, it's a need now. I know when my kids were growing up, it was easy for me to kind of throw those issues under the bed. You know, don't talk about them unless you had to. 
And if they were calling, I was at a funeral home. Well, you, know, you guys don't have to go. You know, you can stay right here. And yeah. I sheltered my kids. Um, I learned now that that probably wasn't the best thing to do because they struggled, both of them. I struggled. Everybody knows my story. I've told it. You know, I, I think everybody does. It's, it really is a form of conflict. Right. And, and, and even though we all know it's there and we all know it's coming, it's still a really difficult subject to get excited about. And what you're doing with your children is saving them from pain. The last thing you want to do is, you know, you know, sometimes you go, they need a shot, right? You know, I have two type one diabetics and they have to take shots every single day. Well, I'm not going to not give them insulin so that they're not in pain. They need insulin because it's going to keep them alive. Sometimes these conversations are important because it's going to be a lifelong journey of being able to deal with conflict and have open conversations. So the book's kind of a tool that says, we get it. It's, it's a tough, tough thing. But this work of fiction, and it's not real heavy, but it is almost an icebreaker or a conversation starter that isn't is. threatening. Exactly. That's one of the things I really liked about it. It wasn't a scientific book describing what happens when somebody dies. It wasn't that at all. It is, in fact, a great conversation starter. Because even if the tweens say, that had never happened, that's not possible. Exactly. It well, what about, you know, yeah. what about, or how could that possibly happen? Because in science class, it's just a way to start the conversation. And that's the part that I think is critical. We all know as parents, these questions could take any kind of a turn. They could segue into anything. You yes. can start a conversation about going to prom and wind up with an entire diatribe on sexual issues. Yes. Who knows? So you want that book that's going to do just that, start the conversation. And sometimes the questions don't need to be answered. As a parent, we don't have to come all prepared with answers. And we know that from why are we in a pandemic and why does school violence happen and how could this be? You know, as parents, we can just create space and say, that's a really good question. What do you think? Or I don't know the answer to that. I'm experiencing this with you. How do you feel? I feel a little scared. You know, and it's okay and the other thing about the, the story that I was not expecting at all was to get the book into the hands of a middle schooler, you have to go through adults, right? And so, so many adults were like, let me get this straight. This is a book about, this is a children's book about death and dying. And a child dies in the book and somehow you think this is going to work. And it's it's not a religious book. It's it's kind of it, it. There is the word heaven in there, and there is an angel that's a bell hanger, but it's more Cody's perspective of outer space. It's light and it's easy. But what's happening if you look at the reviews on Amazon is adults are the ones talking about it and saying, "I." It took me back to the first time I experienced death, which most of us as adults if we're lucky, get to middle school before maybe we start to lose a grandparent or an elderly neighbor or, and depending on how it was handled, it allowed them to explore memories and maybe some grief that was thrown under the bed, like you said, 
And it brought them back to a time that then allowed them to continue from there with some of the other losses. So I was seeing outpours from, from just memories and people that were, give, you know, they weren't necessarily talking about the book, like great character development. And I like how she handled heaven, you know, heaven as outer space. It was more about, let me tell you a story that I completely forgot about. Or it makes me think about my husband's death differently. And here's what I'm going to choose to do with it. So it's been a crazy ride. Yeah. And, you know, and I have, I think maybe a slightly different or additional, if you will, perspective about the book. When you say it's about death and dying, I think it's as much, if not more, about a relationship between two really, really good friends. That's a great point, Kathy. And then there's there's a loss, which we're all going to go through at some point, you know, hopefully not in middle school, but then that loss becomes a reunion. Yes, yes. So it's it's that relationship. Um, and that's the part that I kind of clung to. Yes. Now, also with the book, the concept, if you take just the concept at face value without any thought of science or the, whether whether or not this is possible, and I have an answer for that question I'll give you in just a minute, but this is something that if if you have children of varying ages, the simple concept will be enough for those younger children to think about. And it will be a positive explanation for them. It won't be necessarily looking for the cardinal or anything. It will just be that comfort that if you talk about that person, if you think about that person, that person in heaven is going to know it because their bell is going to ring. So that will kind of urge maybe or prompt younger children to keep those memories alive, which I love. I did have a first grader that I, that was one of the first times I told the story. And I, and I also handed her a physical bell because she was struggling with her dad was gone and she was having nightmares. And so I put it on a string. I put it on a ribbon that matched her room and she hung it on her bedpost. Oh, how sweet. And I said, just when you look at that bell, let it remind you of your dad and send him your love and some thoughts. And the, the mom came back and said, she stopped having nightmares. Not only that, the mom three years later called me and said that her fourth grade teacher asked the students to bring in their most prized possession. So she brought in the bell and told the story of Heaven's Bell to her class. Oh, how sweet. A lot like Ashley, which is where that concept came from. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, as far as the concept about the, the tween saying, oh, you know, that can't happen. You know, that's not possible because there's no heaven up there. It's just sky and outer space and everything. And, you know, I might circle around. We've had a number of psychic mediums uh, as guests on our, our podcast here. And you know, the more you talk to them, it is so believable. Well, I'm sorry, but if that contact exists, why can't there be bells? in heaven you know who's to say right anything oh, is possible because we right. don't know even the scientists they don't have enough information to disprove right. they can theorize and sometimes getting into discussions i have two grandsons that now are 16 and 18 i had to stop a minute and think but i remember 
staying with them after school while their mom was working, while Stephanie was working. And we would sometimes get in conversations, not quite that deep, but they would be conversations where they would challenge something. And I, I would say, well, prove it. Show me. And don't turn to Google. Give me some credible, give me some credible references, and then I'll consider it. Even yeah, those right. discussions, even if they get right down to the nitty gritty about science and proving and disproving, it increases the bond. It strengthens the bond between parent and child. Any piece of literature, any book, any word, any concept exactly. that can make that happen belongs in your home. So listeners, trust me, you need to get this book. You need to gift this book. And you need to start having those conversations. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. And I think your example is beautiful because what you just described, whether it was bickering or challenging, you're still bonding. You're still creating a conversation around a difficult subject that most people just want to avoid. So how did conversations go with your own kids? Well, you know, because I have three boys and two of them were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at a very young age, first grade and fifth grade. And so we had to have some really heavy conversations around self-care, chronic disease. And um, my youngest said, well, when am I going to die? Because dies in diabetes. And I never even connected that dot. So, Right. So had I not been having conversations about we're here together, this is this is a very serious disease, but we can live a healthy life, you know, and not just kind of avoiding the conflict of the fact that this is a disease that is very, very serious and and can cause death. He was then able to ask that question that then I was able to address to say that's not why that word is inside of that's a Latin word for death, okay? Diabetes is not. So that to me just said, if I have the courage to talk about something so serious in a way that allows clarity and authenticity and transparency with my own emotions, and I'm a little scared too, how can we take those really difficult conversations into other areas of our worlds? You know, and I'm a, I'm a, but during the day when I'm not a first-time author, I'm a CEO of three organizations. One's a leadership organization and, and two others are recruiting companies where I get to talk with leaders every day. I think to be a strong leader, you have to have the courage to have those difficult conversations. So I think I was encouraged from, from that aspect of my life as well. So it's, it's raising my children with chronic diseases. Um, and even my oldest son, who doesn't have type one, but had to be part of those conversations to make sure everyone was safe. Yeah, I think you said something very important. It was something that hit home to me is as a leader, you're going to have difficult conversations. And that is one of the most challenging things of being a leader. I never, until you said something, I never made that tie in with having those difficult conversations at home and how sometimes our kids. And those conversations with kids and having those difficult conversations and having those questions thrown at us that we might not readily have an answer for, yet there's our child waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, you know, our kids in a lot of ways prepare us for our jobs when they do things like that. And it's a good point because the other thing I talk about in the, the I have a letter to the parents at the beginning of the book. And one of the things I talk about there as well is, a lot of times kids at this age don't want to make anybody upset. 
So they're going to retreat and they might be in their phones and you might look at that as a sign of, okay, well, they don't want to talk about it. So we're good. Or they didn't even care about that person because they're not asking questions. And that's not the case at all. And so again, trying to find a platform or way that if you as the parent read the book and then say to your child or your niece or your grieving middle schooler, again, eight to 12, but both ends beyond that work. Here's here's something to read, and then let's talk about it afterwards. And all it takes is a couple questions because you're not talking at them. You're talking with them about something you both have in common. You can hand it to them and say, here, read this, and let's talk about it. Or you can say, let's read this together and read it together. And you can read it together with your six-year-old and your tweens. It doesn't matter. It's still a great, great story. It is an audible as well. And because it was released released during COVID, all the Broadway actresses were not working. So the person that does this, it's it's Ashley's voice in the book. And she does an amazing job acting out all the different characters. And just in case, some people like to listen. Okay, I want to take a little bit of a detour. Before we started, you mentioned another book that you were working on that's more of a journal. You want to tell us about that? Thank you. Yes. So what happened is when people were reading the book, when they were done with the book, and I would get voicemails or the reviews on Amazon, or people would email me, and they even the even a um, a, a television reporter after the interview started talking about her grandfather and the special recipe that he had, and how her dad lights up when they make the recipe together. So. What I realized is people needed a space to continue to write down or capture their memories. So it's it's called Ring to Remember, and it's a grief it's a grief journal and memory book, and it's going to be coming out at the end of June, beginning of July, and it's 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 in the same theme as Heaven's Bell. So they're not heavy questions; they're really kind of conversation keep going <laughs> questions. What's the first thing you're going to ask your ask your loved one when you see them in heaven? You know, what do you think they'll ask you? And then there's, so there's interactive, but then there's also questions like, did your loved one have a favorite animal or pet? What's a funny story that they told about their favorite pet? So it's not this heavy, how do you process grief? And, but then there's also things like, you know, what are three words that come to mind right now about your loved one. So it's just, and you can open it up anywhere and start. There's no rhyme or reason. It's just a place you can attach movie tickets or draw pictures depending on the age or what you want to share. And we get to choose to, to choose the memories that we want, take them with us. And my hope is this experience, whether it's just reading the book or reading the book with a journal, and you don't even need to read the book to use the journal. And I did that on purpose. Is, is it just creates a different space for you to grieve. And I think it's, I had one individual say, without your book, I don't think I would have had the courage to go see my friends and wish, and wish them, offer my condolences. Um, it was a suicide. And he, he said, you know, a lot of people around that event were pretty awkward. And he said, but I knew I could go in and talk about Heaven's Bell, give the give the book to this family and be able to talk about it. And, and I felt good, it, it, but he, without it, Sherry, I don't think I would have been able to do it. So 
anything that helps bring the opportunity for people just to have space to reflect in a safe way and share their memories and grieve. Grief isn't going to go away. And and the people that are grieving also don't want to make other people sad. But it's okay not to have all the answers. Just for the generation of grandparents, sometimes it is so difficult to engage your grandchild in conversation. This would be a great opportunity to do just that. And then to add in, to add in all the memories you have and make memories of your own so that they're going to remember you giving them this memory. Yes. I had one individual. Yeah. I had one individual who the, the grandmother was dying. And so they actually read the book prior to, and so did the grandmother. So now there was a conversation that, and she's since died, but they get to reflect on grandma in the great hall. We're on the monitor right now. She's watching all this and her bell is ringing. Well, sadly, and I, I say sadly, I think every time I do a recording, every time we do an episode, because our time runs out and it is just when the conversation gets really good. But before we wrap up, Sherry, I want to offer you a little bit of time so that you can speak directly to our listeners. Tell them what you've got coming. Oh, thank you. Well, if you're interested in the book, it's on Amazon or you can communicate with me at Sherry, S-H-E-R-R-I-E at heavensbell.com. Uh, I hope it brings you some bit of joy and relief and respite as you grieve, or you can give it to someone else who's grieving. But just please be courageous. Have the have the courage to pick up the book and read it, even though it, it like uh, like Kathy said, it's not about death and dying as much as it is about a beautiful friendship. And I hope it offers you support and a tool to grieve. Thanks, Sherry. So for our listeners winding up, this has been another podcast that has brought tears to my eyes. That's like my, you know, some people have that that meter that they judge things. So anytime there's a podcast that has either made me cry or brought tears to my eyes, it's pretty special to me. So I encourage you to go get the book, gift the book. And I think that's especially important. It makes a great, great gift. Don't wait until there's a need. Get it out there and talk about it before there's a need because your days will be much more rewarding for those conversations. So outside of that, I want to remind everybody again that self-care is very important. We're in this for the long haul. I know, and I've said it before, I'm going to grieve for the rest of my life. And I think y'all are too. So we'll catch you next week. Come on back as we all continue to live in grief. Thank you so much for listening with us today. Do you have a topic that you'd like us to cover or do you have a question from one of our episodes? Please email us at info at asiliveandgrieve.com and let us know. We hope you will find a moment to leave a review, send an email, and share with others. Join us next time as we continue to live and grieve together.